Dr. Swisher, thank you for that gracious introduction. And to all of you in the Epworth family, those in the room and those in the television congregation, thank you for allowing this preacher that has lived on the East Coast and the West Coast, but has not lived in this beautiful country before, to come as a visitor in your place and to receive me so lovingly. God's grace and peace be to you. This day is a very special Good Friday. We share it with the children of Abraham. For on this day, Passover and Ramadan are being celebrated. These days of fasting and feasting and remembering remind us of our rich inheritance, our relationship with God and a rich tradition that goes across the centuries. They remind us also of our sin, the ways we fall short of our aspirations as human beings and challenge us to do better. And do better, we hope to do. So many times in our history, we have said never again when we have been horrified by the capacity of humankind to do harm to one another and to do sin. Never again, we cry. But sadly, again, we have wars in Ukraine. We have civil wars that tear at the hearts of countries. Sierra Leone tragically went through one of those painful times. It ended about 20 years ago. But the good news in the midst of that is God continues to work to do God's work with us, in us, and on us. We heard the scripture from Hebrew, and I would like to share a bit of that in a different tone of voice. I'm a fan of Eugene Peterson's work on the scripture he called The Message because I find it puts our scripture authentically consistent with the word into a language that is easily understood. It makes the scripture available to everybody, puts it on the table where everyone can reach it. And it names in this scripture the dilemma that Jesus has come into this world to reach and teach. Every priest goes to work at the altar each day, offers the same old sacrifice year in and year out and never makes a dent in the sin problem. As a priest, Christ made a single sacrifice for sins and that was it. Then he sat 
down right beside God and waited for his enemies to cave in. Perfect person, the perfect sacrifice for very imperfect people. By that single offering, he did everything that needed to be done for everyone who takes part in the purifying process. Jesus was very special his whole ministry. From the time he was baptized, he had an understanding of himself that prepared him for this very special work. He understood, first of all, that he was a beloved child of God. Beloved child of God. When he was baptized, that voice came from the Spirit, Behold my son with whom I'm well pleased. But in his realizing he was a beloved child of God, he didn't let that go to his head. He committed his life to serving God and letting God's will be the guide for his life. And set a role model that we might learn this pattern and practice in our journey together as people. It was that inspiration that guided him again and again to practice the work of leading with love in all of the places he turned. He greeted the people who came to him to be followers and those who did not with a spirit of love and welcome and hope that showed itself powerfully, especially during that final week of his life. He rode into the city that Palm Sunday we've just celebrated, humbly, on a road that had been covered by the legions of Rome and the governor and the army and all of those that thought they were so important. But here comes a humble man riding on a donkey and the crowds went wild. Praise him, praise him, waving their clothes and throwing their clothes. Now, when you go to a concert and people start throwing their clothes, that's supposed to mean something special, doesn't it? They were throwing their clothes at him. But he didn't let that go to his head, for he was a man on a mission. But he entered that town receiving the people and looking upon them with empathy. For he had a love that, first of all, recognized that God loved him. And that gave him the strength and the courage to love the people that God loved. And he had the empathy to see in each one of us. Ah, there it is. In that one over there, there's one that God loves. Oh, I know these over here want to dismiss them. They don't like him. That's all right. God loves them. I love them. Together we have relationship. It was in building relationship with people he began the work of shaping and encouraging and empowering people to find within themselves the strength to love. 
For it was in that strength to love that Jesus knew was the center of his power and influence. On the night that he was betrayed, he looked upon one whom he trusted who would betray him. And even then, he did not react as many of us would. Angrily, oh, you, and call whatever name came to mind. He just gently said, do what you must do. To those that came to take him away, he spoke up, not concerned for himself, but that they might do harm to his followers. I've told you who I am. Do with me what you will. To his followers who sought to protect him, oh, let me grab a sword, let me strike back. No, do no harm. For his was the work of love that saw the presence of God in each of us. Not just the folks we like, not just the folks that do what we want, but in each of us. And then as that day went on, he recognized the power of dynamics and sought to help people understand this world that God is inviting us to be a part of a new kind of healing. He spoke as they accused him. He spoke and encouraged them to understand that he would not be bent by their will to saying or doing or being the person they wanted him to be. He stood in his authenticity to be the child of God that says, I will witness to the faithfulness of my God and there's nothing you can do about it. I will tell you when you're wrong and I will not be silenced. I will say to those that lead the religious community and are compromising with Rome, you're not doing the will of God you claim to do. God sees it and I see it. He would tell the governor of Rome, I will not say what you want just to yield to your power because I know God ultimately has all the power. And in doing this, he witnessed in a way that might empower all of us to do it. In these days, we reflect on how we might live into this powerful work that God is doing on us and with us. We hope that we might do better, but it might be reminded that if just carrying out our religious traditions in the same old way that we've always done it were enough, we would have already solved the problem of sin and we would have ended all of those problems and we wouldn't have to be reminding us one more time, whoops, we've done it again. The same old sacrifices year in, year out will never be enough. 
to follow in the courageous footsteps of Christ, we have to recognize what he came to do, to rewrite the script that we're carrying on our hearts, that love is the key that will strengthen us. And with his love, when they betrayed him, mistreated him, and took him off to be beaten and executed. Jesus did not resist. One who had the power to stop all of this, the power of God. We would say, when the world is falling in on us, much as the psalmist said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken us? Why are you letting bad things happen to us? But Jesus knew the Father's love and trusted it and said in his heart, he knew when you go through the trials of this world, know that you're not alone, your God is with you. Yes, sometimes we have to go through the hard stuff to try to make the transformations happen. And as difficult as that is, that is a part of the work of healing. When Jesus was lifted up on that cross, he demonstrated that work of healing. He looked to the thief to the left and the right who expected lost in their own dilemmas to say, oh, at least I can feel better than this guy by calling him names and speaking ill of him. But Jesus reminded them, you're loved too. Nothing you have done will separate you from the love of God. For God's transforming power is able to forgive and to heal our brokenness. When the men who had crucified him tore his belongings and separated his things, he looked upon them and all of those who had betrayed him and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And in this path of forgiveness and hope, he demonstrated the love that can transform to look with empathy and love even on those we would don't know, don't understand, could easily despise, have reason to be angry with, rather than allow that angry to transform us into something less than the loving witness of God's love. He forgave. And then he offered himself in love as sacrifice for all. Rather than resist, he spread himself wide open to receive all the worst we could do. And then gave himself up to God hoping, knowing that God who is with him hears his prayers. We're invited this day 
to remember that Jesus in that love invites us to love in the same way. A love that is healing and redemptive. To recognize that we cannot, by our anger, by our force, compel people to be new people. But love can transform hearts. Love can transform lives. So let us, in the spirit of our scripture lesson, take up Christ's call and discover how together we can compel one another in a spirit of love to be the transforming force in this world. To love as Jesus loved. To heal the brokenness we see. Our sins are taken care of for good. And with the spirit of love, we can heal the brokenness of this world. So I close with this thought. Also from Hebrews, but in the 12th chapter. So then, let's also run the race that is laid out in front of us to pick up the work that Christ has passed on to us as bearers of his witness. We have a great cloud of witnesses around us. Christ and all of those who've gone before us in this work of love, throw off all the things that would cause us to separate ourselves from other people and imagine them less than us or less than beloved children of God. And let us go forward to fix our eyes on Jesus as the leader and direction of our faith. And in his spirit, remember he who endured the cross and took a stand for love and love in his name. Ignore all the ugly things and the shame and the things that might tempt us to reject each other and live a bigger life than that. Don't settle for living small, but live fully in the hope and possibilities that God, through Christ Jesus, has opened up for all of us. Glory to God, always. Amen.